Welcome to Something Unoriginal. On today's episode, we are joined by Caleb Barlow. Currently pre-med, we learn about the schooling it takes to become a doctor, the dating scene for someone in their mid-20s, and how he had two heart attacks as a senior in high school. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy this episode, please like, follow, and rate the show. It helps us grow and keeps the episodes coming. Also, follow us on Instagram at Something Unoriginal Podcast so you never miss updates on the show. Thank you. Caleb Barlow on the podcast today. What's up, everybody? Man, I'm doing good. What about you, Carter? I'm doing great, man. For those people that don't know who Caleb is, Caleb is a good buddy of mine. We met at Best Buy. I have done a poor job of all these podcasts explaining who the guest is that I have on. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Caleb and I met at Best Buy. We started, what, a month apart from each other? Yeah, I think you came in a month after, after I learned that the place was hell. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then we, we bonded over... The hellishness that was that place and uh we've since followed each other around the store i have since gone part-time and yeah, you left me you're still, you're and, still grinding away you know still dealing with all the everyday stuff so you know just chilling you're in you're in a great spot though for what you're trying to do let me say that i mean it works with the school it works with the hours wish i made a little bit more money but you know what it works well hey we'll figure something out for you uh, you know it's i i for the amount of work that i actually have to do Hopefully no Best Buy people are listening to this. Yeah. Uh, I get paid well, so. That's true. That is true. That makes sense. Well, I will say this. Um, I wanted to try something new with this podcast. We're celebrating the 10th Something Unoriginal podcast. Ooh. I'm pretty excited about that. I'm happy that you're the one that we get to do this with. I know, because I've blown you off too many times in the past, so. <laughs> it, it happens all the time. Yeah. You're not the first. You're not the last. It's okay. <laughs> um, I will say this, though. So, to kind of start something new with the 10th podcast uh at my current job i have a friend there named raul we do this thing called tell me this it's a little game we play um randomly throughout the day we'll walk up to one another middle of our you know whatever we're doing one of us will go tell me this and then give the other person two options no explanation no anything as far as that goes we just the two items and you got to pick one and then you can give whatever reasoning you want for the two so, uh, you're telling me this for today, Caleb, short and stubby or long and pointy. Ooh, Take uh, I'm going to go with long and pointy, uh, for a couple of reasons. Okay. Uh, one, when I think of a pencil, something that's short and stubby is about to run out. That's always the worst thing to write with. It's awful being at school all the time. I have to deal with that. Second, if I'm thinking women, no offense to short and stubby, but being 6'3", <laughs> I'm like, it does make it a little bit harder. So uh, something that's, uh, you know, tall, long, maybe with a little bit of an edge to her. You know, you can get behind those kind of girls. I'm with that. So, you know, uh, you know I'm going to go uh, I'm gonna go option two here. Okay. Long and pointy then, huh? Long and pointy. That's interesting. All right. Uh, you know, I hear short and stubby, and it's usually you, you don't use those words in the best connotations. That's true. A lot of times short and stubby is not the best. Yeah. That makes sense. I will say this. I remember this was one of my favorites that we came up with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just give you a few adjectives. All right. Uh, long and pointy. You think, you know, maybe brittle. All right. Maybe, maybe sharp. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, fierce. Right. Short and stubby adjectives. Strong. Right. Sturdy. Powerful. Right. You know what I mean? I get behind that. I think I picked short and stubby strictly based off those adjectives. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, no, I, I think just having dealt with height my entire life, I'm like, every time I hear short and stubby, I'm like, it's not a bad thing, but it's just not the way it I doesn't tend fit to go. the aesthetic. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. I see that. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, hey, man, there's a couple things I want to deep dive in with you today, right? Uh, Hit me with them couple of the things, you know, I'll kind of give you a rundown. Yeah. You've had a couple heart attacks. Yeah, I have that. I, I would love to hear more about these. Okay. I've talked to you about them before. Yeah, we'll tell the, the listeners. the world needs to know. <laughs> All right. Uh, we mentioned, you know, our, da- our dabbling in, in adult cartoons, Futurama specifically being your favorite. Yeah. Not not hentai people. We're talking like uh, actual animation. Just put that yeah, out that there. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I should probably, <laughs> I should probably clarify that. <laughs> adult cartoons, not... Futurama, Archer, <laughs> things along those kind of lines, yeah. not uh, not the sketchy websites that you uh, 
that y'all like to join. <laughs> Everybody knows and loves. <laughs> uh, yeah, just school and dating after that. So right. we'll kind of touch on all those. Sounds good to me. Uh, do you have anywhere you'd like to start, or should I just jump into some questions for you? You hit me with whatever you got. All right. How is the dating scene for you right now? I... <laughs> I'm so detached from this world, I would like to know. Uh, let me just tell you that you and Megs have something uh, lucky and special, because I would kill to not have to be dating right now. Really? Um, I mean, dating's good. I, I think... So there's dating Caleb, and then there's relationship Caleb. Okay. I think relationship Caleb is happy, because at that point you found somebody that you can kind of mesh with. Mm-hmm. But dating Caleb, having to actually figure out who you mesh with what they enjoy to do, what you enjoy to do. We have to get over all the first date questions. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting. The small talk. Yeah. With me doing 18 credits right now, working, trying to have a social life, and then also having to meet somebody new and see if they're a potential in your life is just, you know, added, added stress and anxiety. Can it be fun? Yeah, I've had some really fun dates, but when you don't know if they're going anywhere, it, uh Ugh. So, you know, dating's good, but dating's not always fun. I'm with that. I get that for sure. As as a single person in 2022... I'm sorry, I'm not trying to single you out No, here, you're okay? good. It's, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> as a single person in 2023 now, I am a goofball. Um, how do people meet each other nowadays? If you don't work with them, or if you don't go to school with them, then it has to be through a dating app. Really? I mean, I guess you can meet them at church, but that's become taboo enough to the point where it's like nobody does it. So rough. Um, you also have to go to church if that's the case. That is true. Especially if you're living here in Utah. If you don't, then you're kind of blacklisted on other things. For sure. Um, but let's say like I'm in school right now doing a bunch of hard classes. There might be a girl or two, but I mean, if they're dating somebody, then it's got to be mutual or Tinder. Yeah. And nobody enjoys those. Why do you, why do you think that it like, why don't people enjoy it? Uh, I think enough people have either had bad reactions meeting people mm-hmm. or have heard enough bad reactions that it's kind of become the stigma of it's always going to be bad. So it's always like taking up when, when you, when you go out looking for blood, you find blood. If you go out looking for something bad, usually it tends to be bad and you have a bad attitude about it. Okay. Yeah. That I makes feel sense. like that's uh that's kind of what's happened in dating in these recent scenes. Like either people are lurk, looking for certain things and they don't find it in one person. So they're not expecting to find it in others or, um, you've just had rough, maybe abusive or just non committal relationships and you can't, you're looking for them in the wrong kind of ways. And mm. I just think that dating sites really doesn't offer you much in the ways of getting to know somebody like traditional dating did before. I feel that. That makes sense. Before, you mean you made friends with somebody or you knew somebody a little bit better, you hooked up or something like that. But now it's kind of just like, a, oh, hey, I like your pictures. You look kind of cute. Or I really like what that you rock climb or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you're kind of just thrown full force into having to, to like learn go. to engage with this person. That makes sense. Yeah, that, that's understandable because I've always kind of looked at it as like, well, one, I haven't really ever had to use those apps. I feel blessed, but I also <laughs> feel kind of like, oh man, I never got the chance. You know what I mean? <laughs> you would have done wonders. Trust me. Really? I think you would have been just fine. Uh, okay. You're a very outgoing person where I'm, I'm a little bit more of like a reserved analytical pros and cons kind of person. Yeah. And I mean, it serves me well does not serve you well in dating so mm, i see that and normal like everyday that. life stuff i'm good but you're a happy-go-lucky you kind of run by the seat of your pants kind of a guy like definitely you, i'm always winging it yeah that's it you know <laughs> you, you, you make smart decisions but uh yeah you you'd have no problem on dating apps i appreciate that that means a lot um yeah that's a good compliment i appreciate that gotcha the uh the one thing though that i not having used dating apps it just analytically looking at it i've looked at like you say you have a class with some girl or something like that, right? Yeah. Most of the time, or even like, I don't know, just out and about, just going to up to a random girl and like asking them out is a lot. I almost feel like is more shallow than a dating app. Because if you think about it, you're only going based strictly off their looks. Whereas in a dating app, you at least get like a little bit of a bio. bio. I can see that. You know I, mean, I mean, if you're picking somebody up like at a concert or a bar or something like that, yeah. um, it's definitely like a looks kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, if you're something like a class, like 
me personally, I'm not going to ask somebody out unless I know them. Like, that makes that's sense. Usually You've had conversations. Is. Yeah, I've had and... conversations. I've gotten to know them. I can at least at least choose what kind of dates I want to go on if I've talked with them enough or like seen what they'd like to do through just random interactions. Mm-hmm. Dating apps can be fruitful, but they also can feel like window shopping at times as well. You're just kind of just scrolling to see what you want. And then you get at times where you're like, even if you match with somebody, people aren't interested. So yeah, for sure. I mean, so like, I feel like there's, there's enough commitment problems with dating apps, but there's also enough commitment problems in life. There's just like, it's the, I think it's the equivalent of picking somebody up at the bar. Uh-huh, okay. <laughs> so it's the exact same. Yeah. I think life. it's, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm talking with you and I'm like, yeah, it's, it's literally like you've seen a couple fit, pictures. You've kind of watched their mannerisms, maybe through the photos or what they do at a bar. And you're just like, yeah, I could see that. And then you shoot your shot, and here we are. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's actually pretty pretty much the same thing. That's interesting. That's really interesting. You hear that, G-Money? You hear that? It's strictly for you right now. <laughs> you know what the dating scene's about to be like. We just got some insight on it. I'm just kidding, G-Money. Do you? You're doing great. You're probably going to want to cut this part, though. Definitely <laughs> cut this part. Love you, G-Money. Anyway, so back to the podcast. <laughs> Um, dang. So dating, dating scene in Utah, not the greatest, uh, not the worst though. I mean, at least I know people share my religion. I'm LDS for those wondering, but at the same time, it's just like, it's not necessarily those that, uh, yeah, pl- plenty of people have problems with dating in Utah. So yeah. I just put it that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I get that. I get yeah. that. I don't really ever, I, I've gotten to a point where I don't necessarily talk to as many single people. It's not that I'm trying to. It's just like kind of easier when like you're married. You yeah, know, I mean, it's married people. Yeah, I, I understand. You don't have to deal with those kind of situations anymore. It's yeah. you've gotten your own comfortable little niche, you know, and it's like talking with Tim and his wife is kind of just like you don't ever have to worry about like the dating scene mm-hmm. or anything like that. Cause you're like, oh, I'm comfortable. I'm married. Yeah, it's more so like I think it's less so like you're trying to find somebody to like hang out with and more so you're just trying to find like two other people that want to do the same thing as you. Does that make sense? <laughs> yes, it does. Like, I don't know. It's less creative. That's yeah. for sure. Hey, you got to find somebody that your wife enjoys that you enjoy. That you can spend time with. Yeah, definitely. So, so, um, cool. Yeah. I'm glad you gave me an insight as to like what dating was looking like here. Cause I am so detached. It yeah. hurts. I feel bad. I feel like I almost feel like I'm flexing talking about it like this. I'm really <laughs> you get. I'm super curious. I've been single for enough for long enough. It's okay. I would say. It's a wonder how you are, by the way. You're like one of the coolest guys I know. Uh, you know, I appreciate that. I've got my own problems, though. We, you know, we all do. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I would say it is easier at UVU than it is BYU, though. I'll put mm-hmm. that out there. Just not bagging on the BYU students, but you know, it's a little bit more difficult down there. So, I get that. I get that for sure. So, uh, yeah. Good looking to dating. Now, the question is, before we get into school, I feel like that is kind of the the preface to that is why you're going to school for what you're going to, and that we're going to need some background as to how you <laughs> how you forgot most of your childhood. Yeah, that's uh, well. So, like he said on the list of things today, I mean, I had a I had two heart attacks. Um, first one was during senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, it was January thirty first of twenty fifteen. Um, I am having a normal day, you know, just, uh, you're having a normal day. Yeah. Having a normal day. Uh, you know, talking to a girlfriend, relaxing, having a decent day and you know, day started out like you just, I think I went to chemistry class, you know, normal stuff. Um, later that night I had my girlfriend talk to me and she was feeling kind of off about something. I had no idea at the time. She had no idea. So we just, uh, you know, got in my front yard and decided to have a chat one night. Um, and nobody else was home. I think my little, well, my little brother was upstairs just chilling. My dad was, had went to work. I think my mom was down the street watching movies with some of her friends. Um, and so it was just me and her and we were chilling on the front porch outside. I was 16 at the, 17 at the time, still, you know hesitant to bring a girl inside of other parents home you know so i we sat on the front porch and everything was going fine until the next thing you know is i woke up in a hospital bed that's so Um, crazy to me yes i 
don't remember any of that experience. Um, it's all gone from me. I just remember laying, waking up in this white room. And at that point you think you're dead and you're in heaven or whatever. Cause you just mm-hmm. don't know where you're at. Everything's white. And then I recognized that I had a tube down my throat and I was like strapped to the bed and everything. My mom's sitting in the corner, just like huddled in a blanket asleep. And I, you know, you just, you just start panicking. Cause I think I was wearing a diaper made out of cloth at the time. Oh like gosh. you're just like, I had my shoes on some sick red converse that had been signed by my doctors. <laughs> and that was all I was wearing every, I was buck naked besides that. Yeah. Um, come, come to know about 20 minutes later, they realized I'm awake cause I couldn't signal them. Uh, mm. cause I had the tube down my throat. Yeah. For sure. Um, so I started, I know a little bit of sign language, the letters, so I was able to talk to my sister who signs frequently okay. and kind of get the whole story from them. And they're like, yeah, you went down. You started foaming at the mouth, passed out at like, and just, you were just out. Um, this happened in front of the girlfriend and they're like, yeah, she did CPR. She called your little brother. He called 911 and they were just doing chest compressions until the ambulance got there. Um, so the next thing you know, my mom's talking. She's like, yeah, we, we heard a commotion. We ran out the front door, and we see ambulances out for, outside of our house. So obviously she's panicking. Uh, she calls my dad, and he's, he's stuck in the middle of work. Um, he works doing uh, stuff at a hospital as well. And Did you go to the same hospital that he was at? No. So I actually went to the Riverton one. There's okay. a Riverton Primary Children's that's actually like two minutes from my house. Okay. So we went there. Originally, they realized that they could not help me, and so mm-hmm. they actually had to lifelight me over to the primary children's in Salt Lake. Okay. Um, so I've been in a helicopter ride. Don't remember it, but that was pretty cool. That's dope. Um, they said I had been legally like declared dead for about two minutes, something like that. Um, till they got everything back and functioning and heart working and all of that. And I had spent two weeks in a coma. Um, so I went down on the 31st of January and then woke up on uh, Valentine's day, February 14th. Oh, so like two weeks. Exactly. Yeah. Somewhere in there. It might've been like the night of the 13th, but yeah, I see. I got you. Um, at least that's what I remember all happening. So this is your memory, not yeah. This is all, this is not what people. No, told you. I I don't remember this whole sequence of events because what happened during everything that went down, like you mentioned before, I don't have much of my memory. Um, everything before halfway through my junior year is all gone. Like there might be like a sporadic, maybe half dozen memories. Everything yeah. else is just gone. Um, and even like after that, there's some spotty things for senior year, but I now have a terrible memory because of it. So one of the big things that happened with that is I also forgot the girlfriend who saved my life. That is nuts to me <laughs> and so sad and yet so hilarious at the same time. I, I feel there's comedy in that, man. I'm yeah. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's it. I, I felt bad about it at the time because you're like, uh, okay, this girl saved my life. Apparently we've been dating for six months. Mm-hmm. I don't remember you or why we dated or anything like that. And me trying to, I was trying to like be a good person. So I continued dating her for three weeks to kind of like see what would happen. Like see if I could like regain those memories. It never happened. And I ended up having to break it off and it just, you break the heart of the girl who, uh, you saved your life. It's kind of rough. That sucks. Um, yeah. So for her, I mean, you're yeah, probably fine. Well, it's for me. Yeah, we've I was moved like, on. Yeah. As, uh, I haven't had to, I don't remember much. So, yeah. Um, so that happened. Uh, they were telling me that while I was under, this is, this is stuff that I actually heard from the doctor, mm-hmm. um, that I should not have woken up from my coma when I did, um, that they were surprised that I had woken up and that I should have been comatose for quite a, quite a few months oh really yeah um, so what how did they determine that i don't understand they were just surprised that there were like i was awake at all because they were like if he was down he would he should have stayed down for a while until his body recovered because i mean i had had a heart attack at that point uh i also had punctured a lung because of the cpr oh, um, i got pneumonia I that. from that I, there were just so many problems that they were like he should have stayed down um and then the fact that I left the hospital after those two weeks, they were like, yeah, you should have been in the hospital for at least three or four months. Um, 
So I attributed that to certain blessings and stuff like that. But that was crazy. Um, and I started school like two weeks later, just hopped right back on the bus and started going. That's shocking to me, by the way. I, I would feel so weird. Well, showing it back up to school and having people be like, hey, you died. What's up? How you doing? And you're like, I'm good. I don't remember anything. So You're like, who are you? I don't. <laughs> uh, I had that happen. I had two twins. Well, so I had a no set of way. twins that I had a class with. I remembered the name of one of them, and I could not remember the other one. No way. And he was pissed. But, I mean, it's like, he knew it wasn't my fault, but at the same time, he was like, I... I remember him now, but same mm-hmm. time it was just like you remembered some things, didn't remember others. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was much harder on everybody else than it was me because yeah. for me it was like waking up in a dream and then just it's like you went and saw a new movie. I haven't seen that new movie, so I have no idea what happens. And they're like, "Oh, you missed out on this new movie." You're like, "You should be so sad because it was phenomenal." And I'm like. Yeah. I haven't experienced the movie, so it doesn't really bother me that much. Well, you know that it, it happened to you, and so you're like, you're yeah. affected by it. Almost to the point of being like, no, yeah, you remember, right? Yeah, exactly. You're you like, remember that part? Like, dude, I haven't seen the movie. And yeah. you're like, no, 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 yeah, you saw it. You know, you were there. <laughs> yeah, that's you're it. Like, For me, no. it's like, it doesn't affect me at all. It's at the point where I'm like, people are like, oh, don't you wish you had these memories? I'm like doesn't uh for everybody i was shrugging i'm like it doesn't it doesn't bother me <laughs> so um six months later though different girlfriend yeah uh sitting on the front porch same exact spot as the first one is this a porch swing by the way I just no no this is just picture. like just sitting on the porch it's okay. i mean it's a it's a nice it's a nice porch like it's got stairs it's it's like a cold stone on a summer day kind of a thing okay we were sitting there i had another girlfriend who wanted to talk um different scenario different girl different thing and i remembered sitting there and i was like okay we're gonna move a little bit something else bad happened last time yeah yeah so we move over to some grass spots we're talking over there and i i go down just like last time dude how and different yeah that's it i was like i'd had a girlfriend in between these two um and so i knew it wasn't a crow problem but yeah literally just sitting talking with her and went down so the first time it happened was with the girl. Second time it happened with the girl. You have since, you know, gone on an LDS mission, come back. You've gone to school. Have you dated since that girl? Yeah, I've had, I've had okay. a couple girlfriends. So I know it's like it's not a girl problem. Not, yeah. I, at least I hope so. Or else marriage is going to be rough later in life. <sighs> um, yeah, so I've had a couple girlfriends since then. So that's not the problem. For sure. The doctors just don't know what the problem is. And I think that's the biggest takeaway from this whole heart attack thing is we, we've we talked to the doctors. I have certain medications I'm on that will mm-hmm. help me control and stuff like that. But, I mean, there's been micro scares, stuff like that. The doctors are like, we have no idea what's going on. For sure. They're like, we're, we're still checking it out. Actually, while I was on my mission in Baltimore, I went to John Hopkins, which is like the renowned cardiology place. That's where it all started. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I actually had a little scare while I was out there. And so I went to John Hopkins, went to talk to him. And they're like, oh, yeah, we've heard your story. Like, all the way across the United States, they've been consulting, like, it's amongst like each other. Yeah, exactly. And, stuff. and they're like, we still have no idea, but it's cool that it's something new. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> yeah. An update. Yeah, exactly. You're like. Interesting. So. So backtrack a little bit. You were get, kind of getting into the story of the second time it happened. So. so same time you fall down. Yeah. So that. Backtrack to the first one. Um, after I had gone through the coma and done everything like that, I was given a special type of pacemaker. Um, mm-hmm. It's called an ICD. Um, essentially, it is a defibrillator um, that is implanted inside of me. Little little thing about, I don't know, size of a hacky sack that's flat. That's um, cool. And it will shock me back if I ever have another heart attack. So, second one. Pass out in front of the girl, mm-hmm. talking about something. All I remember is passing out. I had this little dream of dancing pretzels. I don't know why. <laughs> um, and then I sit back up, and I continue to answer her question. And she's, like, staring at me. She's like, you, were, you literally passed out for 30 seconds and then just, like, bolted back up and then continued to ask her, answer the question. 
And so I'm like talking to myself. I'm like, I know it happened again. So I go tell my parents they're pissed because I'm not supposed to be out with the girl right now. And then I, you know, had to go hit up the hospital. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you had a second one. So. Dang, that's crazy. Yeah. So that one was much shorter than the first one. I didn't have to deal with a coma. I didn't have to deal with anything like that. But it was a second time that the doctors knew it wasn't a fluke the first time. Dang, that's crazy. So, sorry, I'm just processing that. Um, Because you've told me this story before, obviously. But, like, every time I hear it, it still just blows my mind. Uh, Well, that's it. For me, like I said earlier, it's like other people experienced this story. Yeah. And I'm just... You're just the storyteller. Yeah, I'm just the storyteller. It's like I'm a narrator because I don't remember 90 to 95% of this. But it's people like kind of seeing a movie of what happened of to, to me i guess dang have you talked to any doctors about it since like well so i have to go see a doctor it was at first it was every six months okay now it's yearly kind of a thing i've had yeah. a specific doctor and i mean they're kind of relaxed on it now because i'm gonna have to get my pacemaker changed every couple of years um i've actually got it coming up in probably February or March, I'll have to go get it changed. Oh, like in a month or two. Yeah. And it's, it's a quick fix. Just they cut you open and switch in a new battery. Are you awake for that? Or are you, no. or they put you out? They put me out for that. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. What, um, so, okay. Obviously because of this, you're going to school for a similar yeah. field. Cardiology, so, right? Yeah. I want to okay. go do, um, cardiology, go cardiothoracic surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so, heart and all that fun stuff potentially do pacemakers in the future um potentially do pediatrics i do kid heart doctor and stuff like that do you think going to school for that specifically you're going to come across your own case study you ever thought about that i have not thought about that that's interesting because i imagine they're studying them in universities right like i i know it's a big thing it's like it's happened between primary children's I know there's another hospital that my doctor said that they talked about it with and then John Hopkins. So I imagine it's going to be like the, I don't know if we'll study it, but it'll be something like, oh yeah, we've got a couple of unexplained cases where things have happened. People have gone down. We don't know why. Yeah. So I imagine I'll probably be among those cases kind of a thing. Oh, I see. But it may not be that like in school, they're going to be like, here you go. Look at this case study. (laughs) Tell me what you think. It might be like, oh, hey, let's have everybody write a report on one of these unexplained cases. And I could be like, I'm going to choose my own case. This is my (laughs) unexplained case. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. I wonder how much of it is just like an anomaly and how much of it is like something new that they've never, you know what I mean? Well, that's it. And I'm like, it's been seven years. How, How long have I been graduated? been seven years seven or eight years since that heart attack yeah um they've given me no new info they don't know what's going on still they're at the point though where it's like it hasn't happened in quite a few years you'll be fine and so i'm like i don't know if they're putting as much effort into it anymore but at the time they still they definitely had no idea what was going on that's so crazy so and i feel like there's always things like that and it's just like until we Mm -hmm. figure that kind of stuff out it'll there's probably so many similar cases that are all like this because, I mean, people go down all the time and people don't know why. Mm-hmm. But I wonder how many of those are actually, like, connected symptoms that they just don't realize yet. That's so interesting, man. All right. So, as well on this, too, you were mentioning to me one time that, like, some things... So, you've lost your memory of most of your childhood, right? Yeah, definitely. Right. It's mo- and most of it's gone. Yeah. But you've said some of it has come back? Uh, and I guess between what ages have you lost and a little bit of what has come back? That's not necessarily ages... Um, so it's more like specific memories. Oh, just so gaps and... like there's pictures that I've seen and mm-hmm. things will come back. Um, okay. so like there is a party that my grandma had for, I think it was her 60th while we were down in Texas and I can, I was shown a photo of that and I now remember parts of that experience. Um, I can see myself riding on somebody's shoulders and people were dancing and I can now remember like the layout of that background we had in Texas. Um, but like, so I remember that specific memory now, but that's it for that memory. And so then like, there's a couple other cases. Like, I think I remember there was a cruise that I went on in eighth grade and there was a couple people I met on that cruise and I can remember their faces now. Yeah. And like doing an activity with them. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but nothing more of that cruise or anything. Interesting. Okay. So I'm like, I can like see the boat. I can see the people I was hanging out with and like this specific location, but there's nothing else from that trip. I remember it's all gone. And so like there's certain, like most of it's gone, but then there's also like a specific handful of memories that I can remember maybe a couple snapshots of yeah like you're looking through a photo album and that's what i've got left of those memories interesting do you feel like people have tried to convince you of memories that you've had that you're like happens all the time really oh yeah family are you talking like true memories or are you talking like false memories like somebody's trying to like either convince you like something i was like i when i first got out people would be like oh yeah we did this like i have photos of it see mm-hmm. we did this we did this and then they'd run like through a timeline of the day stuff like that like there was a dance that a girl tried to convince me that i went to that i went with her with and i believe her because there were photos i don't remember any of it that's crazy um, or stuff like my family's like oh yeah we all did this we've done this vacation we have photos we've uh we remembered this birthday party for our grandma for yeah what, whatever doing all these things and i'm like they're just not there. Yeah, just right over your head. Nothing. That's it. And you got those people that are saying, oh, yeah, you remember you owe me 20 bucks, and you're just random stuff like oh, that. I see so that. You, get, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get stuff like that as well. But, yeah, it's just most of it's just like, it's like it never happened. Just out the window, down the garbage chute. It's like literally you shook the Etch-A-Sketch, and there's no, like... There's, like, the, the little <laughs> flex left, but, like... <laughs> yeah, there's no remnant of the picture, but you see a couple dots, and that's about it. Interesting. Dang, man, I have, can o- literally only imagine what that's like. For me, I'm like, it's people ask if you're happy or sad. I'm, it's neither. It's just impartial. Yeah, it's impartial. Interesting, dude. I'm blown away by this case. We're gonna solve this case one day. <laughs> Mark my words, that's, Caleb Barlow. Uh, that's people. it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going into that field. I'll have, I'll have to look at it and be like, okay, what well, in the next thirty years? What kind of medical advancements will we have? We're gonna have crazy medical oh, advancements. Because yeah. I'm just thinking. So that chat GPT thing that you showed me, yeah. did you hear about the Microsoft? So oh, Microsoft, in yeah, invested $10 billion into them the other day. So crazy. And I'm just thinking, okay, this is what's happened in the last five years since it's been created. Mm-hmm. Now with proper funding and all of that, how much will an AI approve? And I'm just thinking medical advancements, people have been advancing medical stuff for the longest time. Yeah. What, what kind of advance, advancements could you get in the next 10, 20 years, especially with stuff like AI? Yeah, for sure. It makes me wonder too, like, because of them putting so much money into ChatGPT, like, and us having like, for example, MRI technology, like, are we just going to be able to look at like scar tissue and stuff like that under an, under a microscope, I guess, or like through an MRI like system in the future that will just like spit out like, oh yeah, this is what happened to him. You know what I mean? There, I, I imagine there will be stuff like that, like something that will run, oh, this has similar connotations to what happened in this report. Everything will have been like digitalized and electronic, uh, electronically made. Yeah. And it'll be like, these are all so many similar components to this. Maybe see what you did for this. And yeah. I imagine there will be something similar or there will be artificial surgeons, stuff like that. I imagine we'll have robots doing surgeries in the future. Oh, yeah. Well, so. and Cook, uh, Logan Cook, who was on our thing the other day, was saying, like, isn't open heart surgery, like, a, heart, a high percentage of the surgery is, like, autonomous? Uh, like I believe a do it? decent amount is done, like, mechanically, yeah. Yeah. Dude, that's interesting. I don't know too much about it, but I have heard things, yeah. Yeah. Dude, I wish I knew more about that kind of stuff. But the medical field alone, to me, complete, like... You could talk to me like I'm a 10-year-old kid and just explain <laughs> everything, and I would retain almost none of it. I, I've spent enough years like hearing from either family members who are doctors mm-hmm. or having to deal with doctors myself for like the last 20 years, and I, it still goes over my head. So it's even so if you spent time in it, unless you're specialized in those fields, you have to be talked like you're a 10-year-old or else you're, you're gone. Yeah, exactly. Well, especially because, like, well, one, you're going into – the medical field, right? Yeah. You're going to be a doctor. One, what does schooling look like for that? And two, how how can you keep up with it? Like based on just what we talked about, how do you even keep up? I'm killing myself right now. <laughs> You're also taking like a billion credits. <laughs> I've been taking 18 credits for the last four semesters and I'm running dry on my tank currently. Um, I'm currently doing all of the necessary required classes for med school because mm-hmm. so you've got a so med school you don't actually need a specific degree 
Um, you've got a lot of people that do a bio or a chem or something or like a psychology mm -hmm. degree. I'm actually doing national security studies, something completely different just because it interests me. I've heard that actually gives you an edge though. I have heard the same thing from doctors that I've talked to mm -hmm. from what I've heard from MCAT people, um, advisors, doctors who have completed it. It shows that you are well-rounded in other areas of life, mm. um, that you've done more than just focused on the medical field, but you've made, you've made your way spread out in other areas of life. Yeah. Um, for and sure. it just, it's like when they, cause there are a lot of requirements for the MCAT, like you've got to do service, you've got to do research, you've got to shadow doctors and each one shows like you've done extra work to kind of like make yourself known. Um, and they say that if you have another degree that doesn't focus on medical stuff, that it kind of shows that you're well known in other areas too. That's so. interesting. Okay. Cause I had a buddy who was going to medical school and he was saying he wanted to get a degree in Spanish for that same reason. Yeah. So dang, that's super interesting. Yeah. Especially lingual stuff. Like if you can speak another language as a doctor, then you're, you're killing it. That goes a long way for sure. Yeah, it definitely does. Yeah. Um, gracias a Dios que hablas español. <laughs> See, <laughs> <laughs> um, I speak other Spanish, but we don't need to go into that. It's pretty poor. Um, yeah, both of ours is. Yeah, it's been a couple of years. Same. Um, other requirements, though. Like I said, I I've got to take the MCAT. I'm not doing that mm -hmm. this year. I'm doing it next summer. This summer, I'm actually doing all of my doctor shadowing. So I'm going to go spend a couple hours uh, while a doctor works his shift. Literally, just follow him around for a couple couple days throughout a week. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe get ten to twenty hours following him um research i don't know how to do that yet so we're gonna figure that out in the future Ooh, yeah yeah um let's see um other requirements and stuff like that i'll have to take the mcat but once all of this schooling is done i will then do med school mm -hmm. which i believe so it is a four-year thing but what I've heard from other medical students and doctors is you have about six years to do it. Okay. Uh, med schools do not want to see you fail because it actually looks really bad for them. So mm. they will work their hardest to get you through school. So once I make it through uh, this and into med school, it's, I believe it's home court at that point. You're, 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 you're home free. Um, you've got four years to do a six year thing and then I'll have to specialize and do residency um, which residency is working underneath a doctor. Um, you're technically a doctor at that point, but you have to work underneath another doctor who knows what they're actually doing in the field yeah. for a couple of years. So you don't accidentally screw somebody over. Do you, so, okay. I don't know anything about this. So that's like, so yeah, so it's opening my eyes to this. No, you're good. So you're college med school. Yeah, yeah. So I've got a year and a half and then another four years of med school. So five and a half. Uh, residencies two to three, depending on what you're doing. Okay. Um, so it's eight and a half and then whatever, if I choose to specialize, which I probably will cause mm -hmm. they, I think they get to do cooler things and they also get to make the big bucks. Um, so that's probably another 10 years of schooling, eight to 10 years. So uh, you'd mentioned too, like you may want to be a surgeon because they make oodles of cash, oodles of cash. Like being a doctor, you're already making tons of money. Like you're, you're making more than like 95% of the jobs in mm -hmm. North America. Um, especially right out of college. Yeah. Especially right out of college. But there's certain jobs, certain degrees of doctor that or certain fields that make more money. And then the difference between whether or not you want to do surgery or not. So like a family practice doctor is going to be making less than somebody who's doing emergency room. But if you get mm -hmm. somebody who's doing a surgeon and let's say they're doing um, I don't know, dermatology surgery versus brain surgery. Obviously brain surgery is going to be making a whole ton of money. Don't go into brain surgery. People It's a high divorce rate. It's awful <laughs> living from what I've heard. Is that true? Yeah. There's a high divorce rate for that. Yeah. Brain, brain surgery has a crazy high divorce rate. Does not surprise me, but at the same time, that's crazy. Well, it's just cause it's News like me. It's such a high demand job. Oh yeah. You're probably and, taken away all the time. Well, that's it. And I'm like, even from like hearing from other doctors, like my doctor who does uh, cardiology, does surgery for the, uh, does heart surgery. Mm -hmm. It's like, there's not a chance in hell I would ever go and do brain surgery because those guys are always on demand, always like they're run ragged, but they make, they're making several mil a year. Oh yeah. Dr. Strange, for example, that was him. Hey, precisely. Everybody thought he was a douchebag. Right? 
well, you need just a, misunderstood. You need a certain type A kind of personality to be in that kind of job because it is it. a super high risk. For sure, man. Through and through, that is Doctor Strange. Yeah. So you said, so the difference between surgery and not, though, I mean, you get people who are not doing surgery who can work in the field for 15, 20, 30 years, and they're still not making as much as somebody who's a surgeon. Yeah. Um, they're not even making somebody close to somebody who's been doing surgery for maybe two or three years. Mm-hmm. Um, just the the margin of difference between somebody who's brand new and out of surgery is already making a good deal of money more if they're successful than those who have been doing non-surgery for years. That's so crazy. And it's just because it's higher wi- higher risk. Uh, there's yeah. more of a chance to get sued. High risk, high reward. Yeah. That makes sense. Chance of death, depending on the field. That's crazy. It's a death of a patient, not death of the doctor. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's happened before, but eh, those are rare. <laughs> the freak acts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you yeah. know. <laughs> oh, no, my scalpel. Oh. <laughs> well, there's, there's one instance in history where I think they said the mortality rate was three. It was three people died in that procedure. Oh, my gosh. And it was because somebody was on the table who was dying. Yeah. There was the nurse who next to the doctor and then the doctor himself all died. And I can't remember which order would have happened, but I believe the doctor cut some important artery of his own and like bled to death. The nurse passed out, hit her head and she died. No way. And then the patient didn't have any care and died. Yeah. And so it was like the highest mortality rate of any, of any surgery, of ever. any surgery ever. So I was like, it's happened before. And I'm not saying it happens often, but you know, I feel like I shouldn't be laughing at this, but at the same time, like, <laughs> like, well, hopefully he doesn't care too much, you know, but at the same time, it's just like, there's just kind of like a freak accident. Yeah. That's kind of have action. to like, there's yeah. Dang. That's crazy. Yeah. If stuff happens like that nowadays, we're in a lot of trouble. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So you mentioned it, you know, 10 years, 12 years of school just to be a doctor, to be a surgeon is they're like you tack on more to that like it's so that would that would be plus your that would be surgery and all of that oh, okay so surgery um, is its own specialty. so that's that's kind of what specializing would do um there might be more that i'm not aware of i, I am just a pre-bed student so I, I don't know everything this is what i've been told yeah this is um so that's down. why so residency i think is longer if you're doing surgery and stuff like that which i think so like a family member I have only did two years, but I know others who have done three mm. for longer stuff. Um, specializing. I mean, if you're not going to go do a certain specialty, then you don't need to specialize. But if I'm going to go do certain surgeries, you'd have to specialize in certain things. For sure. So for sure. It, it could be cut down to potentially maybe six years if I want to do certain things or all the way up to maybe 10 to 12. That's so nuts to me. So, I'm not built for that. I'm sorry. I'm so happy that you are. I am not at all. Uh, you know, I've learned that there's nothing else that will get me the peace of mind that I want later mm-hmm. in life. No Makes other sense. job. So, I mean, like money and stability and all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. I, you have the sales brain. I Like for me, I could never do that. Or like props to teachers. I I couldn't <laughs> do it. <laughs> I just teacher, can't teach. What can I say? Couldn't teach. Couldn't deal with like six to 18 year olds every day for the rest of my life oh yeah yeah i'm like or like you you're doing freaking sales uh yeah i'm i've tried that mm-hmm. and it's not my not my cup of tea so yeah. it's not my cup of tea either <laughs> this this right here what we're doing right now this conversation talking this podcast this is my cup of tea yeah you know what's a good cup of tea I feel like I'm just built for it. Maybe I'm not. I Wait, don't know. You're People very told like me I'm good with it. happy, talkative person. Yeah. And I guess if you're in your, like sales may not be your area, which shuts you down a little bit more. But if you're in your area, you're definitely, yeah, you're, you're a friendly person. You're happy to be around. Yeah. So I feel like I've always been good at sales. That doesn't necessarily mean I like it. You know yeah. what I mean? We've talked about that before though. Yeah, definitely. Man, that's interesting. Little insight as to like how to become a doctor. Yeah, and that's it. And I'm like, I don't know everything. This is just what I've been told. And honestly, not all my sources are great. But at the same time, this is what I'm running off of. So there's gonna be a doctor listening to this podcast. It's like, oh, it's all yeah. wrong. It's like, don't judge me, doctors. I, I I'm still yeah. in school. <laughs> I'm like, I'm only a junior. Yeah. So I mean, hopefully they don't angry tweet it. They won't. 
we're not big enough yet. Uh, eventually, maybe one day we, we'll hit that. Like in five years from now, where you have a hundred subscribers, everything like that, and some doctor will get super pissed. You can just send it my way. <laughs> just a regular listener of it. He goes back to the tenth episode of this podcast. Yeah. And be like, oh, this yes. guy. Who is this? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? We'll see how this this expands. But uh, yeah, seriously though. Yeah. No. It'll be. It'll be cool. It'll be nice when you know one day. You can be my doctor, my cardiologist. <laughs> I, I really hope you don't need a heart doctor later in life. <laughs> Who knows, man? If you do, I'll help you out. But at the same time, I'm like, uh, at that point. What age do you think you're going to die? Me? Yeah. Ooh, it depends. This is such a weird pivot. I'm sorry. No, you're good. It's, a point I, I, I've, had the, I've had these questions asked before. Uh, I could see myself doing something stupid and dying by the age of 45. Okay. Yeah. If I don't die by the age of 45, though, I think I make it to 70. Really? Yeah. Can you envision yourself as a 70-year-old man? Mm, I think 70 is max because if I live anything past 70 and have to start like having people take care of me, I'm going out with a bang. Yeah. Uh, like skydiving or something like that or shark diving without a box, you know, something random. Oh, yeah. I don't want to have somebody take care of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with that. I'm with that. I feel like I've never like... For me, for some reason, I can't see past, like, 50. Oh, really? Like, my max is 50. Well, I mean, how old's your dad? My dad's, like, 67 see, I or could, something like that. I my could see you. I didn't really. I didn't think your dad was that old. He was, like, 40 when I was born. Oh, so. really? Oh, okay. See, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I could see you like your dad. Yeah. Okay. Just walking around, you know, coming down to chat about basketball and stuff like yeah. that. And, like, you, you, I mean, you had that chat of, like, the most important people in the these specific years chat and all of oh, that yeah that actually that's gonna be a future podcast episode when my dad comes back into town he called that he wants to he wants the to, podcast. okay He's, yeah and that's it and i'm a like good topic he really wants it. i could see you sitting down with your kid and being like what's up son you know yeah. <laughs> doing i hope maybe you know have some edibles on you or something like that, that you're passing <laughs> out to people or something but you know you're just like i'm on a little uh, silo right now you know feel yeah. great yeah for sure Dude, I hope that I end up being like my dad one day. <laughs> he does not hold himself like he's as old as he is. Honestly, like I've only met your dad a couple of times, but he's yeah. a fantastic human being. Oh, yeah. So love that guy. Yeah, he's so much fun to talk to. Joe Pratt is he's one of my idols. He's yeah. still he's still up there as like my superhero. <laughs> shout out. Yeah, shout to out Carter's to Joe dad. Pratt. <laughs> he's the man. He listens to these. He's a good dad. That's good to hear. He was in broadcast for a really long time, so I really appreciate him like taking the time to listen to these and like give me some feedback and it shows like i feel like the episodes have gotten somewhat better they got worse but then they got better <laughs> so. you, you gotta you gotta fail to succeed that's that's all that matters right exactly. there <laughs> yeah you gotta figure out what it is that you're doing wrong and what you're doing right so, seriously though a lot of it kind of has to do with the day too i don't know if that is for you like with school or even like just at work well as i was actually like, talking to my brother about this yeah. the other day he sent me a video that's basically things happen in thirds and like a third of your days could be phenomenal. A third of your days are going to be men. And a third are going to be pretty rough. Yeah, yeah. It's it. And he's like, you didn't have to remember to get past those 30 of your days. So, I mean, if you have your podcast on your really bad days, it's mm -hmm. going to be very different than the days where you're feeling great. Yeah. Like walking in today, I was feeling trash, but I was like, I can see Megs and Carter. You, you feel better. So it's been, it, it's been a good experience, but at the same time, it's like, you're never prepared for your bad days. That's for sure. That is for sure. And you've been a great you've been a great guest so far. Honestly, well, you know, I'm happy to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, that's good for sure. I got a couple more things I wanted to touch on. You mentioned you uh, you're a big fan of Futurama. I've been watching Futurama recently. Okay, I'm not very far into it, though. I do I understand the Jurassic Park bark episode, yeah. but uh, tell me you. Tell but, me more about this uh, this love for that show, or any show for that matter. I just think, so personally, I'm not, I used to be a big fan of the dramatized shows. Um, okay. Watching either cop shows or hospital shows or certain things like that. You've expressed to me your love of Chuck. I love Chuck. Mm -hmm. um, White Collar was great. I don't know if you ever saw that one. Me and my dad actually, like, were, we bonded over that show. Oh, see, so good. Yeah. And I think those are still good. But the only problem is that I think current shows have become too dramatized. And uh, so I've really fallen back on animated stuff, whether that's cartoons or anime or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Just because I feel like their plots are better or they give you better character development. Like freaking Fry in 
um, Futurama, like it's a stupid show, but you <laughs> learn to love the characters. Like it's so good. Or like the, the freaking dog we were from Fry's Dog. Mm-hmm. You go through like a little emotional roller coaster when you realize he's been left alone for so long and yeah. just dies of old age. You're it's like, so sad. Okay, not Seymour. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think what other great TV shows. Like you, you already talked about Pinnacle cartoons and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And That's so I won't one. get too deep into that. But like Avatar: The Last Airbender was a great TV series. Yeah. Um, I just think there's certain things that they can do with cartoons that they can't do with. Current like live television. action shows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Netflix has been killing it though with those. Like their live action shows, I feel like they've been knocking them out of the park. I'm trying to think of which ones I can. Like uh, I think Daredevil was great, mm-hmm. but I I don't know. Have there been any other really good ones recently? Stranger Things. I feel like oh, yeah, I've been seen great. Stranger Things. I liked it a lot, and it was okay. it was really really hyped when it first came out. I feel like mm. kind of died down. Honestly, from what I've seen, season one's really good. Season two's kind of meh. Mm-hmm. Season three was okay, but season four like not like brought it all back. Season That's what four was great. Yeah. So and I honestly still haven't even seen all the episodes. Like Meg's got really into it, and I would just kind of like watch it as she watched it, mm-hmm. like when I was around. Um, and sometimes she would watch it while I was at work and stuff, and it just like didn't work out that way. I guess. Yeah, I feel that. But no, I feel like Stranger Things. Um, even a few years back, like Orange is the New Black, was like a huge deal. That's fair. If you remember that, but. Yeah, I was like, um, I don't think I've watched a live. A- well, no, that's not true. There's a single live action that I've watched recently, and it has become one of my all-time favorite shows. And y'all have talked about it before. It was brought up in the first episode. Really, it's Ted Lasso. Yes, I love Ted Lasso. Like, oh, literally, so is so good. I'm surprised at how many people have that same like <sighs> love for it. That's it. I mean, if you get past the language, not not everybody's a fan of that. It's never bothered me. Yeah, but. It's so fun. It's just so, so well good. done. It's like, yeah. it's heartfelt. It's comforting. Mm-hmm. The amount of times I say wanker is just. <laughs> <laughs> It'll I mean, make you laugh as hard as you possibly can. Yeah. And cry 10 minutes later. Yeah. That's it. You just, yeah, it's, it's killer. That's probably been the only live action I've seen within like the last, I want to say probably year of mm-hmm. like, and it's shot out of the park. It was killer. Oh yeah. So, no, that one was great. In mm-hmm. fact, I am really hoping season three comes out soon. I hope so too. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. It's kind of hard to like talk about these without getting like too in depth and giving spoilers. You know yeah. what I mean? The, all we need to say for listeners out there who hasn't seen Ted Lasso, it's on Apple plus. Even if you have to get like a free trial, go binge it. You'll laugh your heart out. Oh yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. It's like perfect dad humor and yet just also <sighs> everybody's humor at the same time. Yeah. It's just so good. Perfectly executed. And it's like, there's so many relatable things, even though it's, you're watching an American try to teach a football, uh, I mean a soccer, um, team in the middle of England. And it's just, it's so good. Oh yeah. So Dude, there's some good references, like the part where, I don't know if you remember that. I don't know why I'm explaining the parts. I feel like this is somewhat annoying, but like, <laughs> you're good. Go for it. There's just that one scene specifically where he's like, <laughs> where he's on the field and they're like, he's losing his mind about the offsides call. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, how is that offsides? And they're like, like wave him off. And he's like, no, 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 please can, can you explain how that, how that's offsides. I, I don't quite understand the rule. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's so many, yeah. So many relatable things. It's, it's great. It's so good. That one was great. How do you, have you felt about like the, the Disney plus live action shows they've been doing? Uh, I have yet to see and, uh, and or, um, I'm about to binge that one. Cause I've heard really good things in my Disney plus prescriptions about to run out. Oh, no. Um, so, but like I really enjoyed Mandalorian. Um, Book of Boba Fett I was slightly disappointed in um, Really? How come you were kind of disappointed in it? I thought it was mediocre Like, You're a Star Wars fan I'm, Yeah, I'm a huge yeah. Star Wars nerd And yeah. so like Boba, Boba Fett for me At least what used to be canon in previous things Is he was a bad guy Who yeah. was so cool And there was like even oh, Man, I'm going to sound so nerdy talking about this stuff <laughs> In like in the comics and the books and stuff like that, even Darth Vader got to a point where he was like, "You have to stop using some of your tactics because yeah. they're too bad. They're too OP." Yeah, it was just to the point where it's like you were scaring away people like 
you're hurting people like you have to stop mm-hmm. um and when you have darth vader telling people that you're like oh, okay that's like this guy's a bad guy like he'd flamethrower like population populations of innocent people oh, yeah um and then you I bring mean, in like the tv show and like i understand why they wanted to bring that kind of like oh he's on the reform but i just think they just did it in such a bad way and then there was a couple episodes that were just like the speeder bike episode, which was really rough, if you go back and watch that. I haven't actually seen the book of Boba Fett. Really? Okay. Mm. Yeah, that's this under you asking why makes me understand a little bit more because <laughs> it's. I feel like it's a pretty similar like opinion of a it's lot a of cut people. And dry, like you yeah. know why it's. Yeah, yeah there's like there's some good things in it, but then there's also just stuff that like people are like yeah, this it's pretty it's pretty rough. Interesting. How did you feel about the Obi Wan series? Uh, I actually never finished it, if that really? tells you. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that kind of tells me a little bit about it. I, I liked it. I thought it was good. I saw four episodes, and I remember enjoying them, but it didn't hold my attention enough. And I love Obi-Wan and stuff like that, but I think I was watching something else at the time. Uh, and that and one caught your attention a little bit better. Yeah, that caught my attention more, that makes sense. which was disappointing now that I think about that, because... Like you had Luke show up at the end of Mandalorian and yeah. it was like a total bad A and stuff like that. Totally. So. I will say this though. On the last episode, like you get scared of Darth Vader again. Ooh, that's like, good to hear. I was like, this dude is going to kill him. Well, I think one of the coolest scenes in all of Star Wars is the, um, what was the, what's the name of the movie? Uh, the prequel one that talks about the stealing of the Death Star plans. Uh, oh, um, it's on the Rogue One. Yeah, there you go, Rogue One. Like, you have the whole Darth Vader scene as he charges the plane, or charges the ship, and, like, the mm-hmm. lightsaber flares. It's one of, like, the coolest scenes in cinematography, in my opinion, because you have to relive, like, Darth Vader coming out um, and, and killing people. So if, if you liked that scene at the end of the movie, I might... Uh, the end of the TV show, I might have to go back and check that out. You may, yeah, I think it's worth it. I think it kind of wraps it up well, at least. Okay. Because a lot of people didn't, I know they didn't like it, but mm-hmm. I mean, I enjoyed it. Granted, I will say this. So you, I mean, yeah, I imagine you grew up on Star Wars. You watched Star Wars all, yeah. Yeah. I did not. Like, okay. I didn't see any of the Star Wars until after I saw the seventh one. Interesting. So like my expectation for the whole show, like the whole movie series was strictly based off of the seventh movie okay you know us okay interesting well so like my one of my best friends um shout out to you tony wolfgram um gotta love you tony hates star wars really hates it you can't stand it why is it that he hates it he just has never got into it uh we had a buddy who tried to shove it down his throat a couple too many times he was like a heavy hardcore star mm-hmm. wars person mm-hmm. and i got along really well with that because yeah, i love star wars but yep. tony was just like what it won't have it like i've tried to show him several star wars and he just will fall asleep through every single one of them he you're, loves you're opening my eyes to what i've been doing to people about formula one <laughs> hey but That's i've actually learned to... to enjoy formula one i appreciate that so like I'm i, I you like you know season's starting soon i'll come over and enjoy some you know some nice sunday mornings oh yeah um, miami gp at my house you coming when is it? Uh, it's like March something. First week of March. Hell yeah. Invite me. I'll be All down. Right. Yeah. Come on over. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. So. No, you're good. Tony, you, Tony hates like it. it. So it's just interesting. You know, you've got somebody who hates it, won't watch it. Somebody who started super late. Somebody who's been doing it since their childhood. There's so many different degrees of Star Wars. Oh, yeah, dude. Well, and I feel kind of blessed that I didn't because like I know a lot of people that were raised on the prequels that, you know what I mean? Like that after watching it all, they were really into it and then were really disappointed by the sequels. They were like, ah, it's just Ray's overpowered, this and that. And I was like, I didn't really have any expectation going into it anyway. Yeah. And so like, I kind of dig the whole story. <laughs> Granted, the eighth movie is awful. That is See, so bad. I think the eighth movie is the best of the prequels. Really? I mean, of the, of the sequels. Of the sequels. Um, and it's not necessarily for mechanics wise. Cause there's a lot of stuff that's mm-hmm. off in that movie. Like also like Leia coming back out of the ship and doing all of that. But I think storytelling wise, I think it is the most enjoyable to watch. Really? Not necessarily the most like straightforward or anything like that. But I think there's so many cool mechanics that you saw in that movie Mm -hmm. that there's so much they could have explored. Like Luke freaking, um, using a force ghost, like projecting a force ghost across the, um, across the galaxy Mm -hmm. or 
Kylo Ren, you actually get to see his first anger as he kills Snoke, and you realize. I think if they had kept him the bad guy yeah. in the in the next movie, or he, and he like trained Ray or whatever, I think bringing back Sidious is what ruined it for me. And the yeah. ninth one, I think the ninth one was the worst one out of the sequels, really, in my opinion. Yeah, I kind of thought that was an interesting twist because I feel like it gives you a little bit of backstory as to who Ray is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that makes sense. I I personally liked in the eighth movie when they say your parents were nothing. They were trash. Like it didn't matter who her parents were. She was still powerful in what she did. Um, It also, I think it detracted from all the other movies when they brought Sidious back. Same with like, I can see that Darth Vader made his sacrifice to kill Sidious. And you're like, okay, well he's back. You're like, Darth Vader died for nothing. Kind of a thing. You're like, okay. I mean like there is true. There's other problems. Despise about a lot of shows is when they don't kill off people. Well, it's, it's like Marvel. Like I love a lot of Marvel movies. People should die more often. Yes, dude. I think I think you and I have had this conversation before, where like you can almost tell a good movie from a bad movie if like one of the main characters dies and stays dead. Yeah. That's why I didn't like Edge of Tomorrow. I think that if there's oh yeah that's right. Mm-hmm. I think there's a meaningful if there's a meaningful sacrifice, it can yes. add to a movie far greater than a lot of other plot lines. Um, you get somebody who truly dies for a thing. I think one of the greatest books I ever read was actually, it was a military book my dad gave me. I think it was like the third book in the series. And this guy's running and he's trying to save his girl and either way, and she gets guillotined right oh. in front of him. Like oh. in this book, like she's like, hey, I've loved you. Like, I'm sorry, we won't get married. And then poof, gone. And no I was way. like, it was probably one of like the most heartfelt things I've felt in a book because you're just like, that it's been like building it out this entire time. And it's, it's a military book. So you don't see much of that, but you're just like, somebody just got shanked right in front of me. And you're just like, yeah. Oh, just completely murked. And, but like, let's say Marvel, they bring somebody back after that. And you're like, Oh, they're alive. And you're like, the freak happened. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's kind of why I admired Endgame. Yeah. Though I will say this though, Django Unchained, I feel like was the one that hit me the hardest for some reason. Oh really? The very end when Christoph when Christoph Waltz character dies. Yeah. Man. Sorry for spoilers if anybody hasn't seen that movie. But it's been out for like ten years. Yeah, so this exactly. is your fault, not ours. But yeah, I think Christoph Waltz is one of my all time favorite actors, and it's for stuff like that, is he really gets you to love Dude, him. He's such a good actor. Yeah. He's amazing. Have you seen him in Big Eyes? I have not. Because that you will hate him. Really? Just, yeah. You get you do not like him at all. But that being said, too, in Inglorious Bastards, you, you're scared of who that character is. You're terrified of him. And then he kind of like near the end of it. I don't know if you remember that movie or if you've even seen it. But like I've seen clips, but it's been a long time. Yeah. Well, the end of that movie, like something happens where you're like, ah, this guy. Like, <laughs> ah. But like the whole movie, you're like, this guy's a genius. You know what I mean? And then at the end, you're like, ah, ah, <laughs> it's the worst. Oh, that's funny. But. I think if if you can play your characters right and if you can have significant character death as well, I think if you make death meaningful, it moves a lot of people. For sure. If you don't, then you're ruining a lot of the story. Yeah, I feel like it makes for a better story. And it's not like a perfect indicator, right? I feel like there's certain stories where it's like you got to bring them back in order for it to like make sense in the long, like in the big picture. Yeah. But at the same time, like I just feel like between good acting and like good storytelling that's really what makes a movie a good movie that's obviously the case that's not like that's not a formula i'm not trying to like make a hot take here but like (laughs) there's just common knowledge great acting and great storytelling yeah but that's dude honestly i was watching a movie the other day that made me cry like hard what movie were we watching have you you seen marriage story Uh oh i have no idea what that is with adam driver and scarlett johansson I know which Wait. I know which one you're talking about though. That's I've seen the argument mm-hmm. scene that they have, yeah. Um, in that through clips, and I've always wondered what it was. So that's good to know that that's what it is. It just is. hit too close to home for me, man. Yeah, man, it was bad. It's just like it's they're so powerful scenes. Yeah, you get some. You get to see people like actually acting with their soul. That you're just like that rage that you see drives them. Because there's also another one with like Toby Maguire as you see him like 
coming back as a P- I can't remember what movie it is, but it's like mm-hmm. a PTSD of a soldier or something like that. And he yeah. had a mental breakdown in front of his daughter and he's like destroying stuff with like oh, a golf yeah. club and stuff. He just, the rage and like the emotions you see them build. It's like, it's crazy to see what they can do in a movie. It's so nuts, man. Yeah. I almost feel like you have to like really be the character. Does that make sense? Obviously that's again, that's the case, but like, there's only a couple actors that I feel like actually can do that. It was like uh, Heath Ledger and the Joker kind of a thing. Yeah, dude. The problem is, is he actually became and felt the That's Joker true. and took took his life because of it. But yeah, rest in peace. Yeah, this time rest in peace. Not the <laughs> if anybody remembers the first episode. This <laughs> one's an actual rest in peace. <laughs> Not a rest in pieces. Yeah, um, exactly. He was a great actor. Um, but that's the thing is, you get so many of these people that can become their can become the people that are portraying and it's it really does wonders for movies yeah for sure man and i like there's certain actors that i feel like have really stood out to me recently that i've been like oh they're amazing and adam driver's one of those that i've been like he's actually a really really good actor you know what i would agree and it's it's crazy to see also his range from like emotion Mm -hmm. like that like i've seen that scene the marriage story scene yeah to like also like stupidly funny that he can be in i don't know if you've seen lucky logan i haven't you may need to go see him and Daniel Craig are in that movie. Oh, really? And they Dan both Craig's play redneck NASCAR like psychopaths. No way. And both of, you're just like you're like what is going on in this movie? And it's one of my brother's all time favorite movies because of how ridiculous it is. What'd you say it was called? Lucky Lucky Logan. Lucky Logan or Logan Lucky. Logan Lucky. Okay. Um. Oh, I think I have seen clips for that. Yeah. Either way, so it's like a huge NASCAR event, something like that. Yeah. A huge cash prize money. They're going to go steal it and all of that. I think it's Matt. I think Matt Damon might be in that movie too. No way. Either way, you see Adam Driver in it, and it's like he can go anywhere from like stupid mm-hmm. to like powerful he's got he's yeah. got some good range he does for sure yeah dang man that's good stuff i think it's a good note to end on that sounds good to me yeah dude thanks for coming on i appreciate you you were great well it's good to be here cool. you know love your podcast so where can we find you uh i mean i'm on instagram I'm on facebook caleb barlow you look me up I'm not that popular but i love good people <laughs> so <laughs> don't look me up if you really don't care because uh, uh, you know, I'm just that average uh, pre-med student here. That's just how it goes, man. That's hey, it. maybe somebody want to ask you some questions about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it'd be good. Well, thanks, man. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. Take care, y'all.